Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening. And please, enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Hello, people. Dave. Deepity, divity, like, comment, and subscribity. And Tori. Hello, Internet. And we start every week with good things, so Craig, that's that's your cue to start talking about a good thing, because that's what yeah. the segment segment's called, and it's your turn first. So I hear. I hear. All right, um... Continues, so last week continues to be one of my favorite bits. I, I know it's your favorite bit because you like to do it. That's how I know it's one of your favorites. Um, all right, cool. So last week I had a space 2D top shooter trade em up uh, open world game. I don't know what the heck the genre is. It's a space game, 2D space fight em, trade em up called 3030 Death War. Well, um, I did beat it. Uh, I will point out that the game is, for the storyline, it's pretty quick, about 14 hours. Uh, it took me to actually beat it. Um, but I did end at a mid-tier level. Um, so it, it does go by quick if you're just focusing on the main campaign. But there is a bit of an open world to it, so that's not too bad. Anyway, regardless, that is not my good thing for this week. It did uh, It let me go back and check out a game that I played before for only like two hours and could not pick up. It's another 2D space trading combat game sort of thing, um, which was inspired by Escape Velocity, as I mentioned last week. It's called Endless Sky. Uh, this is free. So, guys, it is free to play, which is awesome. So if you listen to this, you could go check it out right now. Here's the problem. So I'm going to start out straight up. It has a little bit of a learning curve. It's not too bad. Um, we're not talking like good luck trying to figure out what buttons to hit sort of thing. It's not that bad. But it does have a little bit of a learning curve because it is brutal in difficulty. It ramps up quite a bit. So um, I will recommend now you get a start of three different ships. You can go fighter if you think you're going to be doing combat. You could do shuttle if you want to transport people around. Or you could do a freighter if you think you're going to be transporting items and mining and uh, asteroids and stuff like that. Do not pick the fighter. That is recommended for people who know how to play these games and think you'll be okay fighting. It is too weak. You won't be able to do anything. So that was my mistake the first time I, I played the game, which is why I only played for like an hour or so. Not even fight? Not with that starter ship. You can fight. Do not fight with that starship unless you know what you're doing. Uh, I, didn't, I did not know what I'm doing. Uh, the um, Pokemon dilemma, where the obviously coolest option is easily the worst. Yeah. Um, honestly, this is great. Just because it says it's a shuttle and it's for transporting people, that doesn't mean it's bad at fighting. And you can actually get like you can get some because it, it's, it's just based on what weapons and stuff you get. So my recommendation is do not start with the fighter. Go with either the shuttle or the freighter. I think most people recommend the shuttle um, for the, whatever the transport option is. I don't know if it's actually the shuttle. There is a ship called the shuttle. Um, that was actually the second ship I bought. Anyway, the point is this time around, I stuck with it. And man, it's really good. This is a free game and it's really good. And it is expansive. It has a giant map to explore. 
Um, and there is storyline stuff. So you don't you don't get thrown into it right away. It's not like, hey, story is over here. Like it actually gives you some time to like get your feet wet, figure out how things work, explore a little bit. And then you can encounter the story on your own. And there's actually multiple different storylines uh, that have things happening. Like I was just exploring in this one um, sort of higher tech area uh, of the map. And I got thrown into this neat, like shamanistic storyline where I had to help these people that lived on an ice world move to a different planet. And I had options like it's not like that's just what it is. There are options. You have to make choices. I had to choose which planet of certain, op you know, there were certain options. I had to choose which would be best for them. And there are storyline reasons. I actually saved Scum and tried both of them because I was curious because it was like so well done. This isn't even a main quest, guys. This was just a side quest that they threw in there. I'm like, holy crap, the quality that they put into this. The main story is much more Bob. Now, I will point out again, this this game can get very difficult, especially with that main story that I just talked about. Uh, but here are the neat things. It's a 2D space game. You can you can hire like you have a crew that helps you pilot your ship. Um, and you can also actually disable other ships, board them and steal them. So you can still that that's actually one great way of upgrading like ships sell for a lot of money. So you can steal the ship and then go sell it or you could just add it to your fleet. So that brings me to the next point. You have a fleet. You can have as many ships of yours as you want. Like they're just all yours. I want four. You can have 40. But I want four. Then then have four. That's fine. Um, That like it's it's neat that it's not usually these 2D style games. It's just yourself. Which is fine. I like that sort of thing. So I actually mostly fly solo. Um, well, I mean, I have a crew, but it's just me. It's just my single ship. But there are times when the missions you have others with you, like the game gives you. It's like here, take transport. You know, escort these other ships with, and that's stuff like that. Um, it does have the trading aspect. You can go to different planets. Um, you can buy goods, sell them on different planets. That's one way to make money. You can mine asteroids. Um, there are missions. There's a a robust job board. So that has missions where it's like transport these people for storyline reasons. Uh, well, not really story, but you know, they have a reason to go to certain planets or certain locations or transporting goods uh, by a deadline, that sort of thing. Uh, there's a calendar. So things happen. So for example, since this is our, our, our solar system, uh, there is a special holiday in April called Earth Day, which you guys probably know about, like it's a real thing. But in the system, in the game, they celebrate it as in like this is a celebration of humanity because we're going to celebrate Earth. So people want to travel to Earth and will pay a premium to do so in March to prepare for Earth Day. So that's really cool. And that's not the only holiday they have. That's just an example. Um, and and there are there there's so much to do. Like I did the the one storyline. And it's neat because then as you do these different storylines, either side storylines or the main ones, you unlock new ships um, and get access to cool tech and then it just gets better and better. Like, apparently, I'm still at the beginning of the game, even though I did the first storyline, like there's other storylines. Um, so it's a lot of fun. It, Like I said, a little bit of a learning curve. So the first hour that I played before turned me off. I went back this time. Uh, a bit more of an open mind, tried out the different job systems, didn't try to do fighting, didn't do piracy, or I don't do piracy, but fighting pirates in the beginning until I got a better ship. And now I got a ship that has like 12 guns 
and most pirates are a joke to me. So that's great. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. It's called Endless Sky. It is free on Steam. So you can go check it out. If you have any questions, post it in our Discord. Done. All right. I feel like that was an episode. You guys ready to be done? <laughs> I'm ready. It was really long. Yeah. Did I sell the game or did I turn you guys off? Who knows? Uh, it sounds like you were describing Elite Dangerous, but 2D. Yes, ex- it, exactly. Yes, that is what it is. Okay. Dave, are you going to tell us about Elite Dangerous, but 40? Yeah, um, my Elite Dangerous, but 40 this week is uh, a little late to late mentioning this, but um, and especially if you're listening to the podcast release. But uh, Daisy Dungeons had a little Halloween event, and it was like new episodes, same characters in general overall game, but different like rule sets and things. And it wasn't like I had fully explored the vanilla version of the game, so it wasn't like, oh man, there's finally new stuff to do, because I still have plenty of new stuff to do in the game. But I'll tell you, man, just like the costumes of all of the creatures in Dicey Dungeons that they came up with for the Halloween thing, it was... uh, it was super adorable. Um, that the one Girl Scout character whose name I forget, I think had my favorite costume that I've seen. Um, but you'll have to go and look it up because this isn't the spoiler section, or you'll have to play the game. Lacey Dungeons, Maddie, is a good thing. Maddie, it, I think it's her name, the Girl Scout. It is a very good game. Yeah, yeah it's pretty fun. Um, the difficulty can get pretty frustrating sometimes because it's it's very RNG ish. So. There are times where, like, uh, there's nothing you on can the do. Screen. <laughs> it's like you're rolling dice. But, yeah, if if a very RNG-heavy and already pretty difficult roguelike is your, is your jam, then, yeah, Dicey Dungeons and the extra episodes, extra, like, bonus content thing was very fun. I got to watch a streamer play through it. It was great. The way I think of Dicey Dungeons, it's like Slay the Spire if you don't want to think as hard. <laughs> and you just want to, like, if you want to play Slay the Spire, but have more of an RNG element and less of a planning out 10 moves ahead element. All right. I'm going to call an audible on, on my good thing this week because Dave just reminded me of a thing that I saw last night. Uh, I watched a streamer named Sneaky Teak uh, do a charity stream where he had his wife, who doesn't play Slay the Spire, play it while he was blindfolded. Like, she had the controls, and he was blindfolded, and she had to describe the cards. She wasn't allowed to tell him the names of the cards. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, man. So oh. it's just like, this is a picture of... I hope they used uh, the old artwork. A girl the... punching a guy in the face. <laughs> oh, the original it... artwork. It was very fun. I'm going to try to dig up the VOD later so I can... I would love to check that out. That sounds great. Yeah, yeah Sneaky Teak's uh, up there with Baylor Lord as far as skill at Slay the Spire. Um, definitely a different style streamer from Baylor Lord, but uh, similar in skill level of that particular game. Yep. And yeah, this was this was just a, a whole lot of fun to watch. It was so incredibly fun to watch. Um, but yeah, it was Slay the Spire, which is this just brutally difficult game um, that... I, I've i got, I don't know, probably like a 20% win rate on on the easiest difficulty level. Um, and then Teak was like keeping track of all these things that he couldn't see that when I play, and I can see all of them, they're on the screen that my human eyes can see, I don't remember them. <laughs> That's just Slay the Spire, man. Yeah, but it was a lot of fun. So, Tori, 
it is time for your sneaky teak blindfolded playing Slay the Spire this week. Uh, no, I can't do anything blindfolded, actually. Rely on my vision too much. What about sleeping? Uh, you know what? It's funny, but my hus- my husband actually does sleep blindfolded. He's so light sensitive. Um, but I tried it once, and I just can't have that on my face and then still sleep. It's hot, right? Like, it's too hot. Right, yeah. Uh, anyway, no, uh, good thing. Um, gosh, you guys, I just blanked on my good thing. Ah, that, wait, I got it. Uh, so I'm still on my horror movie kick from October. So, like... I don't know. I'm still watching scary movies over here, even though I'm a coward and I end up having bad dreams. That's beside the point. Anyway, if you want to watch a scary movie, (laughs) scary movie, uh, it was on HBO and it's called Barbarian. And it's not actually about barbarians. Like it's not a historical fiction or whatever, but somebody recommended it to me. It's so this lady shows up at an Airbnb and it's already been rented out. And the guy there is like, Nah, it's cool. We can share. And then what with one thing and another, they find something in the basement. And I'm not going to say anything else. I'm just going to say, like, it was creepy. Like, I was, I I screamed a couple of times. I'm not ashamed to say. Um, So if you need a scary movie that's going to make you scream, Barbarian. It's got a Skarsgård, I believe. Yeah, the one that played Pennywise, like, whichever Skarsgård that was. It doesn't. They're all the same. It. They're just. They are just mm-hmm. scars guards. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and a Justin Long. It had a Justin Long in it. It did. It did have a Justin Long in it. But yeah, I've heard good things about Barbarian. Also, I've listened to a podcast that covered it, which was a lot of fun. Uh, but we're not talking about podcasts right now. We're making a podcast, and Dave is going to help us continue to make this podcast. Yeah. Um. I'm going to edit notes in advance having already done so and mentioning the chapters that i think there's an interlude or three and then two chapters after that very short interludes this time rhythm of war by braindone sanderson oh hey uh quick heads up the next book in the cosmere comes out in two days you guys yeah yeah it does i'm hopefully gonna be ready uh next Can't week's wait. episode we'll probably be talking about it a little bit in spoiler time uh, we'll, we'll properly prepare people if that's the case we'll we'll give a heads up during the spoiler time although i think for our listeners it'll be fine they have like two months or so yeah delayed releases are fun Twilight but we're Princess. not talking about the new book yet we're still talking about the old book which is Rhythm of War, and we're interludes through the first two chapters of part two. 19? 20 and 21. Uh, 21. Yes. 20 and 21. Yeah. Okay, interlude one. Silfrena. This is the chapter that Dave has been waiting for for three books and one part. Yeah, it uh, it didn't disappoint me. It was adorable. Alright, ahem. Silfrena has more cousins than Velopin, and also two brains on him. <laughs> uh, where did Smart Spren come from? Diversity of loudnesses sucks. I completely agree with Shulfrena there. If I'm, it's kind of weird. If I'm in a room or in a voice call and there's like a couple people talking, it's not too bad. If there's like five or six people talking, I get really frustrated and just have to shut off the entire, like deafen myself and ignore the whole call. However, if I'm in like a crowd with like a hundred people, 
it's fine. It doesn't bother me because those hundred voices kind of blend together into one background noise. So yeah, there's just that like that middle ground of having just too many people talking at once. Uh, is so yeah, I'm with Sulfreno on this one. I also am with Sulfreno on this one. I can handle a half dozen people at a time. I can't do I can't do any quantity of party. I I just can't. If there's more than one person talking, I'm trying to listen to all the people talking, and that's not possible. And then you're trying to participate in every conversation, which also isn't possible. It's bad. Yeah. Diversity of loudnesses sucks. All right. I, so think, for an- I think my limit is like three people and music playing. Craig's not listening to us right now. I am. Uh, what did I just say? Craig's not listening to us right now. That's cheating. Mm. <laughs> I mean... <All> right. <laughs> Are you in this round? Okay, Sulfrena asks her dad to make her mopey. Aw, Sulfrena really believes in her pal Kaladin. Storm Dude has the power, but not the ability. Uh, huh. Sulfrena basically wants to be a familiar with an empathic link, a la Dungeons and Dragons, though I don't remember if familiars had that or just Paladin mounts. <laughs> I think I think familiars did have that, D. I think so, too. So she wants to feel what Kaladin feels so that she can understand him better and help him. And yeah, she talks to Stormfather about it. Then she talks to Dalinar about it. Uh, a bondsmith bound surges. Is that why they're called surge binders? So Sulfren so is actually talking to Dalinar a little bit about his his uh, bondsmith powers. And he's like, you knew this stuff? And she's like, you didn't ask. Like father, like daughter, I guess. Uh, well, also, she is progressively remembering things. A la Dalinar. All right. A bondsmith bound surges which is where the Surge Binders came from. Figure that one out. I thought it was because Radiants were like a Trapper Keeper for Surges. I thought that's why they were called Surge Binders. Uh, Sulfrena notices Erythiru's arm. So wait, Sulfrena lives in her uncle's corpse? Did yep. Storm yeah. Uncle die <laughs> during Aharietium? Aharietium. I always forget this one I uh, here. I don't know if I spelled it right. Aharietium. That sounds good. Yeah, that looks right. Uh, so that, that's bits. the... Arietium is the last desolation. Is that when Storm Uncle died? No. Oh, right. The Recreants. Why do they have dumb names? The Recreants, yeah. Oh, the Recreants. Is when they gave up the Oath Pact. Yeah. No. Which, right. No. Okay. Wait, what? Oh, that was Recreant. What? what? Mike? Pasty Bits. And finally, Krang. <laughs> Wait, no, I want Mike to fix it. Mike fix it. I was close to finishing the bullet points. Okay. So. One of them is the the prelude from Way of Kings, where they all laid down their swords and walked away, and town died. That one was of, the recreants. One of them was when the Knights Radiant all dropped their shards and killed their spren, and that's why we have uh, shard blades, which also happened to line up with the False Desolation. That's a Hariatium, and I think actually we get a little bit of uh, a little bit of information on why shard blades are shaped the way they are and Wait, no, you kind confused of it. you mixed it up dave well check the uh resources no i'm telling you arietium is when the heralds put down their sword that is right after the last desolation the recreants it was right after or during we don't know during the false desolation when the knights radians put down their sword i just checked it on the copper mine craig's got this one Oh, okay. I got it mixed up. 
I'm just going to type here recreant. So did Stormuckle die during the recreant? Uh, probably. Probably. That's a lot of Sprint died that day. Wait, that's why he's stuck in the shape that he's in. Ah. Okay, so, I, Dave, that's kind of jumping ahead a couple of chapters, but yeah. I hold on a second. I want to. I don't, no, don't want to. I'm completely spoil. right. You don't need to correct or spoil anything because I'm completely right. No, okay. I think I think Dave's got this one. Uh, Storm Uncle is a tower, air quotes, but he's actually a sword that some creme like fused around in cool shapes. No. Anyway, okay. um, you should know from the epigraphs of Oathbringer that. Malishi, who was the the bondsmith during the recreant's time, or during the false desolation time, there yeah. was only one bondsmith, and it was the storm uncle. That that is during the recreants. During the recreants, right? And so she broke her oath and killed storm uncle, which is probably why Stormfather. Well, I guess all the Sprinter is children, so yeah, he's probably mad about them too. Uh. <laughs> we we don't know, and I feel like you're making an assumption that you shouldn't. What's that? That Erythra was Storm Uncle? That we don't know as much about the Recreants that you're implying. We don't know a lot about the Recreants. I'm implying that we don't know a lot about the No, Recreants. you're implying we know more than what we actually do. Um, I'm just saying... Well, no, I'm not. I'm just I'm saying, saying that that's a lot of Spren died during the Recreants. Probably Storm Uncle was one of them. Jumping ahead to chapter 21... We know that the Spren can no longer form different shapes of swords and different weapons and tools and things because they're stuck in the shape that they were uh, when they died, which was during the Recreants. So they have like their like, so they have like their show off shapes. And that was likely when the Knights Radiant put their swords down, they were like, I'm going to make the sword look cool when I lay it down on the ground and kill it. Like, strike a pose. You're dead. I mean, there's precedent for that. Like, you get buried in like your nice clothes, and and they do makeup and stuff to make you look good. Yeah, I I, I haven't died yet, so uh, I don't know, but you know, it might it might go down that way. I mean, I assume that you have attended at least one funeral. I have. Mm, yes. Well, there you go. Okay, and Krang Krang, I think is the evil brain. That's like the the evil brain, like Kaladin's evil brain. No, Kaladin, sorry, High Marshal, Stormface, something, something, Gagadin, uh, has a dark brain. Great Lord, a High Marshal, some master. Dreamy. <laughs> that's, that's not what Adolin said, it's just what Adolin thought. Adolin does think that, like, that is canon. Adolin thinks that Kaladin is dreamy. Yeah, wasn't there, like, one episode, uh, during Oathbringer toward the end, where, where they're in Shadesmar and Adolin is just, like, totally man-crushing on Kaladin. And also, like, talking to Shallan about, like, you should go hook up with him. It's okay. Uh-huh. He's like, I don't want you to, but I understand if you want to. Because, man, is that guy dreamy. Yeah, he was yeah, 100% like, I don't want you to, but I, I would, so... Man, somebody needs to teach that himbo about polyamory. Yeah, in a book about oaths. I mean, if you don't swear an oath of monogamy there there's not really a conflict no mating <laughs> moving on so what happened in this chapter uh who was the viewpoint character man i don't know some like brand new character i've never heard of dan hasn't either like he mentioned it specifically 
Yeah, you might know her better as the first three letters of Sylphrena. I can't even bring myself to to use her shortened name. Because her full name is just too beautiful. So, yeah, Sylphrena uh, has Spren ADHD, and she diagnoses Kaladin as, as having human uh, depression. Yep. And Pretty her, smart. Her descriptions of those things are, are very, very good. And almost certainly came from Brandon talking to people who have experienced these things. Yeah, so Sylphrena has responsible brain and childish brain. And childish brain just wants to go play out in the storm and dance around with the windspring. And responsible brain is like, no, we gotta help Kaladin. And Kaladin has light brain and dark brain. Uh, which, you know, from what I've seen of Kaladin so far, seems to be an accurate assessment. And she's like, Daddy, can you give me dark brain? And then Stormfather says, uh, I wrote it down here. Where she's like, first of all, she's like, oh, we have to help Kaladin because he's the chosen one or whatever. He's the champion of honor or something. My friend. But she also goes, what's that? He is the champion, my friend. Uh. <laughs> He'll keep on fighting till the end. Dun, 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 dun. She's also goes into a little bit of a tangent on wondering where Smart Spren came from. And she's like, were we made smart or did we evolve from like these Wind Spren and stuff? So, you know, some deep, deep thoughts uh, from from our best gal. And then Storm, Storm Dude, he ha- Storm Dude has the power. He says, I have the power, but not the ability. I thought those were the same thing. Well, well Sofrena figures it out. Oh, does yeah. that mean? Well, she figures out how to not need to be turned into Kaladin brain. Maybe power is like, by power, he means like he has enough mana to do it, but he hasn't learned that spell yet. Or Stormfather yeah. doesn't, as a as a friend, Stormfather doesn't actually have the agency to use his powers. Like, he can turn a person into a bondsmith by, by forming a bond with them, but he can't do bondsmith stuff. That's probably why Sylphrena goes to Dalinar. Well, and no wonder she's smarter than I am. She has two brains. Joke's on her. Dalinar can't do bondsmith stuff either because he sucks as a bondsmith. <laughs> Mm, yeah, but Dalinar wisely says, you know, that, that this wouldn't be a good idea anyway. And he helps Sulfrena remember that she does know what it's like to be sad. She just doesn't know what it's like to be sad all the time. But she can uh, she can sympathize at least a little bit with Kaladin and try to understand where he's coming from. And also the uh the important thing is her presence you know and her her willingness to help him like remember that whole thing with the leaf it's like that so Frenna didn't know why Kaladin wanted a leaf but she just knew that when he had a leaf he was happy and just you know her intentions of wanting to be there for him and help him to be more than he thinks he is in his downtime that meant a lot to Kaladin so you could sympathize not need to empathize Right, you don't need the empathic link from the 3.5 player's handbook. You just need the sympathetic <laughs> link. So, Sulfrena says to Kaladin, Mucho, and he replies, Thanks, that means a lot. Eh. No, go to your room. And I guess I should mention specifically the the thing that Sulfrena remembers that makes her sad is her previous bond with a guy whose name she said, and it's not Krang, so I must not have written it down. Yeah, I have no idea what this guy's name was. I also remember reading it last His night. His name is Windrunner Johns. But yeah, he died 
shortly before the recreants, which is why Solfren is alive. Yeah, apparently he was a little older and had basically spent his night radianting time just traveling around the world and helping helping settlements do little stuff like you know uses use his shard sill to cut out um, holes for water. There's a word. He's for doing that. this stuff. Cisterns. Uh, aqueduct. Probably both of them. So his name was Relador. Don't make stuff up, Craig. Just if you don't know it, just don't say it. His name is Real Door. Yeah, Relador. Like that fake door. It kind of reminds me of that time Dalinar was digging a bathroom, and he said, "Man, digging a bathroom with a shard blade would be a pretty good idea." And then he beat rocks with a hammer while Navani watched, and he was shirtless, and Navani was watching, and she was watching <laughs> for a while, and he was shirtless and just beating those rocks with that hammer. How many of you would have been watching too, Mike? Come on. You'd be watching too. Darn right I would. Doesn't Downer get like a topless scene later on in that book, or is that Kalida? Both? Yeah, probably. Listen, I'm I'm not repressed. Like Wait, maybe that is. was okay. that was the uh that was the topless scene for Dalinar, maybe. I actually don't remember that Navani was watching them, but that's pretty funny. He also had that topless wrestling scene. Well, that was in the past though. But yeah, so, no, Navani was watching that. because he had an appointment with her that he ignored because he got caught up doing this, so she went to go find him. She probably wasn't actually watching him for that long, but she was watching him. And then it comes full circle and brings us to chapter I2. Unless you guys uh, have some annotations to read for the Sylphrena uh, interlude. We are actually all out of annotations. Why, why can't he? Yeah, he has they, to annotate only... the best part. I'm going to write my own <laughs> annotations for I1. The annotations only went as far as the end of part one. Yeah, so he, he did the preview of part one. Well, we got a special, we got the Silferna, as we spoiled last time. So we saw the Silferna chapter, then we got all of part one. Oh, maybe that's why I'm confused, because I'm an idiot. But also, because I think when the Silferna interlude came out, I thought that that was Dawn Shard that you were talking about. And that's why when I read Dawn Shard, I thought Silferna was going to be in it. Yeah, we've we've covered this before. Like, you've made that exact point yeah. at least twice, to my memory. Oh, further cementing the idea that I may, in fact, be an idiot. All right, ready for chapter interlude two? Uh, yeah, remind me who Ja'anat is again, Dave. Ja'anat is the mirror unmade. And it's, She's not, the... it's not the shadow thing that was in Urethiru? Correct, that was the Midnight Mother. Uh, that was Ba'edo uh, ba Mishram. Come on, Mike. No, no. Oh, shoot. Ba is Ba'edo Mishram the Heart of the Rebel? No. No. Ba what? You have How many of these nine unmade are there, anyway? At least 12. <laughs> you haven't actually seen Ba'edo Mishram uh, do anything yet. Although we do yes, find some, cool name some fun... Uh, yeah, not a cool name. We find some fun information about, about, about him in this interlude. Uh, I hope I wrote it down, because I don't remember... Sjaanat was the one of the two Spren that took up residence in Kolinar. The other one was the Heart of the Rebel, whose name I don't remember. And then Sjaanat, who appeared in a mirror. And one of three she... in Kolinar. Yeah, there were three in Kolinar at that time. What was the other one? <laughs> the the one that uh, Elokar's wife swallowed and then horked up and then uh, um, 
Oh, the, the amethyst one, the yeah. purple crystal. That was okay. Really? Okay. I That's didn't realize unmade, that yeah. that was an unmade. I thought it was just okay. I, I thought that she was she was like she was decepted by Heart of the Rebel. But okay. But this is the one that was in the mirror and the one that helped them get in, escape in the shades, Mark. Correct. Uh, okay. Amaram is the name of the guy who who swallowed the recently horked up gem. No, Amethyst. Moran. Meridus Amaram, which if that was my first name, and I'd go Pearl. by my last name, too. What about um, Mariadoc Pippin? I mean, shoot, Pippin was Peregrine Took. Yeah. Mariadoc Mar- Mar- Brandybuck. Brandy Shorefoot? Brandybutt? Brandybuck. Yeah, sure. Okay. I guess he did go by his first name. Oh, man. Is this the first time we've ever mentioned Tolkien on this podcast? It I feel like cannot... we spent a lot of time talking about Dungeons and Dragons and like Star Trek. It cannot possibly be the first time we've talked Tolkien on here. Okay. All right. Chapter interlude to Sia'anat. Here we go. Taker of Secrets, which I guess is her title. I don't know. Uh, she has kids. Also, her hair is made of heads. I guess you could say she's a tall glass of beer. <laughs> That's a Dave joke. Oh, man. Well, because yeah, she's made of heads. Know. Her hair is made of heads. So she's... Mm, I'm going by the the art artwork of the interlude. Okay. Uh, oh, right. All the Enlightenment spread. I think that's supposed to be enlightened, not enlightenment. Let me just, just edit my notes so that for future reference, uh, I won't know that I wrote that wrong. Oh, right. All the Enlightened spread are her children. Shot and Ot can be both smart and emotional. Sia'anat can hide a little secrets, be like Marsh trying to hide a one secret from Ruin. Odium is god of all adopted spren. So are the adopted spren like storm cousins? Sia'anat promised to send a spren to Mrazi. She must choose to save some children and sacrifice others, a choice only a god could make, or a King Taravangian. Three pure tones of Roshar will be playing at Jazz Cafe on <laughs> Funk Street next weekend. How do you unmake an unmade? Wait, Stormuncle is the child of honor and cultivation? And Odium calls him Sha'anat's cousin, so I think I just made up terminology that confused myself. Sha'anat will stay close to Taravangian. For Taravangian is a nuke, and Odium and Sha'anat have the launch codes, and he can only be deployed if both of them input the launch codes at the same time. So... Fun thing that good recap. What happened to Bayou Mishram? He wasn't in this chapter. So something that Lore Olympus has taught me uh, is okay, Tori. You're gonna have to get me the pronunciation, but Hecate. Yeah, that's pretty good. Hecate. Are you talking about Hecate, the uh, Sumerian, the the god of well, the Greek goddess of knowledge and secrets? I always pronounce that Hecate. I was probably wrong there. Yeah, that's that's. I, I was closer to Dave. Woo! I I prefer the the knockoff superhero she he Kate. So anyway, uh, a Hecate. Did I say it? is that it? Yes. I forget yes. what I said. Um, yeah, she also has a weird like three head thing. Like when you actually see her real representation, it's like she has three heads, and the picture's very much like the one that's that's in the book. Actually, it made me think of Ashura actually. Especially yes. her depiction in Final Fantasy IV. I think that's all intentional. Are, are we I'm talking gonna... classical? It is more like Mother Chrome. Though, you're right. No, not Hecate. Hecate's not like that. that. That's a different 
mytho- mythos. Well, it's in it's in there. Greek mythology has the fates. In Final Fantasy, Shiva is a girl, so I don't think that you can be trusted. <laughs> True. Um, anyway. And Indra and Ramu are the same person. What? I think in the Hindu. Okay, I I don't want. And Gilgamesh is really named Greg. I mean, what? <laughs> But uh, from what I remember, a lot of the Hindu gods are actually like just aspects of the same god or something. I I don't really know. I I could I could teach you guys about Buddhism because I actually practice. I don't know anything about Hindu. So well, practice makes perfect. It's true. Let's Tell talk about, about let's, let's talk about Baedo Mishram. Baedo Mishram. Okay. Bam. Let's talk about Bam. Bam. Um, pretty sure in this interlude, uh, Ja Nat is thinking about Bam. And how he formed bonds with all of the singers during the false desolation. Uh, Bay Bay yeah. Mistrum's a female. Sorry, she. Aspect? Yep, my my mistake. Yeah. I don't I don't know if, like how it's presented in the book because I didn't read the chapters, but that's just so you know. So anyway, uh, back to the recreants. Um, when Malishi did something to buy Ado Mishram, uh, we're pretty sure locked into a perfect gem. Um, that broke the bond that Bayedo Mishram had formed with all of the singers, turning them into, um, the parchment that we, that we had before. Uh, and also somehow we have no details on this, but seems to be like a direct cause of the recreants and the radiants dropping their shards. I missed that. But you made me think of the amethyst unmade. Was that actually like a fabriel? Was it, was the that unmade stuck in an amethyst like how as far as we can tell that unmade just is in a gem and that's how it works yeah uh, no need to kidnap me guys i'm already traptured (laughs) so as long as you don't eat it you're good to go or unless you want the powers in which case you better eat it and then you're good to go ah so yeah shout and that's pretty cool she has her own motives and she's trying to hide them from odium so, so sends... her adopted children, they're the ones that she's touched. Like they're they're the ones she's the enlightened spren, like the uh like the ones that seems different in Alethkar. And also the one that bonded with uh what's his face, Renarin. Yeah. Renarin, yeah. What's his face? His face has a name. And it's a mist spren, an enlightened mist spren. And what's kind of funny is you kind of spoiled a line in this when I had said corrupted spren earlier, you're like they prefer to be called enlightened spren, and this is where we find that out. No, we had to have heard it before. No, maybe. Oh man. Whoops. Spoilers. This is cool. Craig um, is the unmade of accidental spoilers. It. Um, yeah, but <laughs> unlike Book actually survives. This has no importance whatsoever. I guess you could have. I knew he wasn't dead anyway because he no bodied. <laughs> That's right. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. So she sends a few enlightened sprint to Urutharu, and she's like, I'm going to go too. And Odium's like, no, you're going to go follow Taravangian to Emule. And she's like, I'm definitely not trying to trick you by all of those sprint I sent to Urutharu. So she's basically sending a couple of her children to their death so that one can find Marizi and try to bond with him maybe which apparently she promised him and i think i might vaguely remember that happening i don't know uh it was one of the conditions that 
he had for getting Shalon to to do the mission, like and and make um, Sajana give me a a sprint upon or something. It, it was it was in that list of things that he told her to do. Yeah, the the actual process happening was during the missing year. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. What else happened in this chapter? So Odium calls Erythiru her cousin, which she doesn't like that for some reason. I don't know why. And also, so like Stormfather is a sliver of honor, right? Or splinter. Stormfather is a. Is it? Oh my god! Slivers are bigger than splinters. So yes, correct. He's a sliver of honor. And like the, all of the Sprinter Splinters of Honor, or at least all of the ones that. Anyway, um, and Night Watcher is a sliver of cultivation, but not but, as much of a sliver as Stormfather is. Well, because cultivation is still alive, unlike Honor. Correct. And apparently, Erythiru was a sliver of both of them. Which is kind of interesting. Yeah. So Honor... I guess all these all these years when I thought that Storm Uncle was a sliver of uh, odium, odium, I was wrong. Yeah, yeah he's actually were. a sliver of both cultivation and honor. Honor and cultivation were in the closet, and they made a sliver, and I saw the sliver, and it looked at me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sliver, baby. Hmm, that sounds weird. I'm gonna take that. So back. really, he's a half uncle. So he's a half brother of no, Stormfather. Or our storm, our storm. Oh, I guess, I guess if if they're pure, yeah. Because if whatever, like, they probably don't follow the same rules as uh, human. He's half siblings to both. No, it might be full though. Because if uh, if your father and mother are both word. honor, and then you have a sibling that is of, I think it's a full. Oh I think my it's a gosh, my brother's gonna yell at me. What's that word for like studying family trees and stuff? Genealogy. Genealogy. So right. they, if, if they probably don't follow the same genealogical rules as humans. If you have any listeners that know genealogy and can tell us if they're half-siblings or full-siblings, please let us know in our Discord. Also, oh. spren genealogy. Well, it seems like one spren can make a new spren all by its lonesome, which people don't do. So that's different. Yes, yeah. but we have certain like plants and bacteria and stuff that can do that. So plants, maybe most they plants know. Reproduce most plants reproduce sexually, Craig. They have male and female parts that I have said to interact. Bacteria. Okay, bacteria are different. I thought there are some plants that can. I mean, maybe some. I think fungi reproduce asexually, but I'm not sure. Fungi are very definitely not plants. Yeah, they're, they're not they are plants. a different thing entirely. Uh, and if anyone tells you that they understand how fungi work, they are lying. To you. <laughs> what about Mario? Anyway, all right, let's get moving. It's uh, it's late o'clock. So yeah, so Tyravangian's a nuke, and well, he they call him a weapon, and I don't know something about launch codes. Uh, so uh, uh, uh wants to go to Erythru or tells Odium that at least, and Odium's like, no, you're staying in Emule with Tyravangian. And she's like, well, I need to stay close to Taravangian because he's a weapon and I don't want Odium to have full control of him or something like that. Right? And how do you unmake an unmade? They're already unmade. That's why they're called unmade. Maybe you make an unmade, so then it becomes Whoa, dude. It's like when you cast a cure spell on an undead creature. Oh. 
right. If you Anyone multiply by, by the square root of negative one, then you can unmake an unmade. Right. Because if an unmade is uh, a, an imaginary number and you multiply that by i, then you get a real number. That makes sense. But what if you have a complex number? Then you have to multiply by the... Uh, there's a word where x plus... There's a plus bi is a complex number, and if you multiply it by a minus bi, you get a real number. And there's a word for a minus bi. Uh, but oh, man, I don't I'm gonna get that. I'm gonna get yelled at by my statistician brother later, so I'll just leave this in here as a cookie for him. And <laughs> hey, if you want to see his response to me, you know where you can find that, right, Mike? I do know where you can find that. Uh, well, first, there's a couple of steps to this. So first, you got to go to Patreon.com/slash/CosmereCast. Uh, and then you have to give us money, right? Right, guys? No, no, no you don't have to give us money. No, I'm pretty sure you have to give us money. Like, as soon as you enter the page, you have to give us money. Right, it doesn't even let you see the Patreon logo unless you put your credit card info in. That's right. But if you don't give us money, you can still look at the... the I don't even know how to navigate it. It's one of the messages. It's like the first one. There's a link to the Discord. I should probably go in and pin it if I haven't, if that's an option I have. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Or link it in every episode description. I'm a bad content creator. Oh, no, that's that doesn't work because you want people to visit our Patreon page. Anyway. uh, Yeah. So the word is starts with an A or a P or a different letter. Oh, also, if you do give us money, there's bonus content and it's pretty good. Oh, you just did Total Recall, right? Uh, Blade Runner. I always get those two mixed up. Because Total Recall doesn't have a sequel. It has a remake, and I don't want to deal with that. Total Recall? Uh, I thought it had a sequel, but I might be remembering something else. Maybe the remake. Totally. It had Carl in the remake. It was okay. (laughs) That's our... uh, Isn't that the guy from the King's Speech? (laughs) No, that's Colin Firth. Yeah, yeah, Colin Firth is great. Man, I really want to watch the Blade Runner remake now. Colin Firth is in it. All right, that's uh, that was our Discord plug mandatory for the episode. You guys want to talk about I three? Yes, please. I, I would love to. All right, so I three is an interstate highway, and it's a low integer, so you know that it's on the west coast of the United States, and that it runs north and south. You guys want to talk about Interlude three? No, I want to keep talking about the interstate highway system in the u.s so odd numbers run hey, there's a south. great cgp gray video on that by the way i was way. gonna say cgp <laughs> gray made a video about it and it is not as seamless as it should be even it's numbers run, run east west what's really fun is you'll get like loops around a city but since they they don't actually run east west east west and north south they're just a circle around the city so yeah, they'll just like dc called the beltway yeah, they'll just like change what direction they're going when they when they merge with one of the other like intersect. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Better know All which right. way you're going because that's the way Interlude you're going now. For Lude three, which is titled after not even a sprint. Oh, and exit numbers are based on how many miles it is f- from the border on that road, which is very nice. And they always increase going from south to north or west to east. And Every exit number is unique, and they make it unique by if there's multiple that would have the same number, they have a letter at the end. But yeah. if you tell someone an exit number, they, they will be able to know exactly, precisely where to go. I do like that feature. I, I like that part. Chapter interlude I3. Not even a sprint. <laughs> okay. Taravangian looks like a playing card. Whoa! 
It's like Taravangian has two brains, like Sulfrena and Kaladin, and two in binary is ten. And there are ten letters in Travangian. And ten is ten more than the Lopen has. Yeah, I stole your joke that you made two chapters ago. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, in order to fit the joke, I had to misspell Travangian. And uh, I sure hope I didn't just enlighten my autocomplete sprint. <laughs> got him. Oh, you got you, yourself. You can step on a cat on Roshar without seeing a disbanded secret society. I think that's supposed to be can't. You can't step on a cat on Roshar without seeing a disbanded secret society. Of course, referring to the diagram in this situation. Uh, they're in undiagrammed territory now. Who are Dova and Bata? And don't say they're heralds. Obviously, they're heralds. Vargo thinks he only saved a single city. He's probably right, though. He's, he's fairly smart today. Okay, let's talk about Bata. I don't know, I don't know who Dova is, but Bata is at least i'm pretty sure uh there's been a herald hanging out in carbranth the bar one the guy that hangs out in the bar and talks to people no is that him no Aww, who's that uh it's an ardent working in the palinaeum that when shallan goes hunting for like what yasna had pulled we get like a very short description of an ardent on the way to like interrupt her and the description mentions that, like, the shadow looked like a herald. We think that's the herald. Craig and Tori, am I, am, is, this, is this consistent with what we've talked about before? Please say yes. I don't remember this at all. I don't remember. Oh, no. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, no, I may have made this up, but I don't think I did. All right, then I need, I need a listener to, to back me up here. Uh, yeah, you guys pay more attention to this stuff than I do, apparently, so... Let me know what's up. Uh, we're not waiting on that. That's like a two-month turnaround, guys. So keep going. <laughs> uh, I'm at, at the end of I3. Uh, yeah. So this chapter, Teravangian is like, hey, I'm going to die. So we should make plans for this. And then they do. And then he doesn't die at the end of the chapter. Well, Man, yeah. What a, a letdown. He, he hasn't betrayed them yet. He's about to. He's like, they're going to kill me when they, when I betray them. But, you know, diagram time is over, so I guess we'll have to uh, end the podcast. Sorry, guys. Well, oh, wait. How else are we going to know what chapters to read? He does, but, he does burn the physical diagram, which is the real one and not the ceremonial one used for, like, bridge openings and, and weddings. <laughs> <laughs> I still feel like there are going to be hangers-on of the diagram religion because it's already broken into multiple sects, right? Like, wasn't um graves like a diagramist but not completely on board with yeah. the interpretation that teravangian and his palace were there are different people who have different interpretations of what things from the diagram mean and often they were given freedom to go pursue those ends probably based on the assumption that you know multiple interpretations being acted on means we have a better chance of this of somebody interpreting it correctly and actually making it so humanity can survive. Yeah, so uh, this brings up a a thing that I actually mentioned in our Dave Theories channel before I actually read this interlude. And I was listening to an old episode of the Cosmere Deep Dive podcast, and it was the episode where Tyrovangian is speaking with Odium and making his big deal with Odium. And so Tyrangian makes a deal with Odium that Odium will spare Carbranth. 
And I think they specifically used the name of the city, Carbranth, in that deal. Um, but I think maybe Tyrvangian is needs to conquer the world so that everyone under his rule, everyone in the entire world can be under his rule and thus under the protection of the deal. Because maybe Odium will follow the spirit of the contract, which is Carbranth doesn't mean Carbranth, but Carbranth means the people that Tyrvangian is ruling over. Or maybe he could just conquer all of the countries and, and change the name to Carbranth. Or maybe he can just convince all of the countries to change their name to Carbranth, and everyone will be fine. Okay, let's let's dig into that. So, as you said, Odium will follow the spirit of the agreement, and the spirit of the agreement is the city-state of Carbranth, this one place. The letter of the agreement would then be, if Teravangian conquers the world and renames everything Carbranth, then, then that would be the way that would go. I would think that would be honor's interpretation of the contract. Right. Yeah, That would work with honor. It doesn't work with odium. Um, I would say Teravangian's better way to go is mass weddings. Right. Because he also says to protect his family, right? Uh, everybody born or everybody living in Carbranth and everybody married to someone living in Carbranth. Are you making another like vie for polyamory in this storm? Like, <laughs> No, I'm making an argument for Teravangian to oversee mass weddings to marry everyone into his uh, his city's family. It's a very Mormony thing to do, actually. Now that I think about it, ah, huh. and who do we know that's a Mormon? Perhaps somebody who may have written a book or two that yeah, we've heard or, of. Orson Scott Card, absolutely good. Thank you, Dan, yeah. for bringing him up. Yeah, we didn't, we haven't talked about Dune yet, which is by Frank Herbert, and I don't think Frank Herbert is a Mormon, but we also haven't talked about. Speaker for the Dead. Although I did like, um, not Children of the Mind. Gosh, Xenof I did like uh, Xenocide better than Speaker for the Dead. And that's the end of this week's interludes. And uh, the word is conjugate. It's the A plus BI has a conjugate, A minus BI, that you can multiply to get a real number. So if you were hanging on the edge of your toes about that one. On the edge of my toes. <laughs> I was hanging <laughs> down. All right, part two. On the edge of your converses. Oh, man. Another callback. All right, part two. Our calling. Oh, uh, man. And part two will be starring... I'm not doing Shay this. You do Shado this. Shado Calnavenly. Shado Calnavenly. Okay. Uh, and we have a map, uh, which I have a couple thoughts on. Um, I, I have a bullet point. It says... Hoid or Nas solved their Denny's menu. <laughs> this, this, it's gotta be Naj. It's gotta be Naj. It's not his handwriting. I could I, make someone a someone lent a map to somebody. All right, that's I, all we know. I could make a case for this being like Shalon or Vale doing doing some notes on it, but this it's is definitely Naj. not her it's handwriting. Gotta be Naj. It's not. But like the the humor seems so Hoid esque. It's Nas like, oh, this place had great cheeseburgers. But who wrote the he's not a map maker, he's a map stealer. I think he borrowed this map. I'm thinking maybe he borrowed this map from Hoyd. That was my first thought on seeing this picture. I think is I that have a quote unquote borrowed. Is that what that is? I have further, but as at this point, on just seeing the picture of the map, I think that Hoyd gave the map to Nas. And then I think uh and then there's also a note at the bottom about the owner of the map 
having possession of an object by the borrower of the map who hasn't returned the last map, and Nas never returns maps, so we know that much. And Nas also, like, Hoyd probably has his jacket or something. I don't know. The, the, the jacket that he dropped at the bottom of the ocean, which probably not the only jacket that Nas dropped at the bottom of an ocean. Hoyd doesn't borrow things, and he no longer lends things after the flute incident. Well, that was a gift. That wasn't a loan. But I love how we have this whole Picard's flute incident, and then Galadin's just like, ah, dropped it in a chasm. Oops. So there's some map and some humorous person wrote annotations on it, and someone borrowed the map, and the lender of the map has an object that belongs to the borrower of the map because the borrower of the map didn't return the other map. And I don't know. But apparently lender of the map engraved basically, I don't know if literally, but basically engraved their initials. So it's gotta be someone with multiple names. And the only person in the entire series who has two names is Toph Beifong. So it's gotta be her. Alright. Chapter twenty. The Unseen Court. This letter, I think, may be written by someone I've heard of. And obviously the person who wrote the letter is Brandon Sanderson. You nailed it. Yep. Got him. I'm pretty good. I, I'm pretty good at... I'm starting to figure out who's writing all these interludes, you guys. All right. Okay. I just looked up the map on uh, the Coppermind, and all I've got is by Isaac Stewart, who's a real-world person and not a Cosmere person, so I don't know, man. Is that his handwriting? I would assume so. He did maybe the he Maybe he drew his own map and loaned it to Brandon. Maybe he has, like, Brandon's old sunglasses, and he engraved his initials on them. Ah, yes. But you, you actually know who wrote this, right? Like, you're... Yeah, Brandon Sanderson. <laughs> I, you're, um... The letter, I think, may have been written by Brandon Sanderson, and okay. he is, unfortunately, okay, the okay. real-world author of this letter. I, I wanted to make sure we were on the same page, and I don't <laughs> want to spoil it, but I'm like... Your note makes it imply <laughs> that you know. If I didn't and know by know chapter 20, know. if I didn't know in chapter 20, I would absolutely know in chapter 20. I was just going to say, by chapter 21, you absolutely should know. All right. Uh, so chapter 20, we have a letter from CZ to somebody, maybe Hoyd, maybe not. Who cares? All right. CZ? What? <laughs> I'm sorry, Harmony. All right. Spoilers for books that we're spoiling. Okay. Radiant... <laughs> spoilers for anything we just spoiled. Yeah, spoilers for the last 200 episodes of the Cosmic Deep Dive podcast. Is it 200 or 100? It's 200, right? We're, we're past 200. Okay. All right. Radiant needs to go to Honor Spread City, but Vale needs to go to Honor Spread City, but for a different reason. I'm noticing something about the cryptic's names, a recurring motif, if you will. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> um, Master Lightweaver, Agent Lightweavers, and I think the Unseen Court is when you're dating someone on the DL. Godeki, uh. the Edge, edge Dancer, Zoo, the Stone Warden, Return of the Stump, Ishna, Vatha, Beryl, and Stargile are sus. Also, I think Stargile is the guy that invented those stocks and sweaters. No, no, no. You're, you're thinking of the uh, limousine driver in Die Hard. Oh. Oh. Man, people who've seen Die Hard will totally get that and think I'm hilarious. Hey, I've seen Die Hard, and I do think you're hilarious, but I don't get this one. The name of the limo driver from Die Hard is Argyle? Oh, you mean the name of the limo driver? From Die to Hard. (laughs) That's the one. 
Alright. Uh, Vale betrayed the three and invited Ishna to the Shadesmar pool party. Vale gets a pet class one cognitive entity. And that's the end of chapter 20. And Craig didn't read this week's chapters, but he's still going to explain my bullet points, you guys. Uh, can you can you uh, tell tell the folks at home uh, what you have written in parentheses under your last bullet point? Because I think that's a, a, a real good thing that they need to hear. Oh, I knew it was a Sion before she peeked. Yeah. Like, she has a box, and there's a note that's like, this will let you communicate with I'm like, all right, it's a Sion. Got it. <laughs> and then she looks in the box, and it's a, an orb of light. I'm like, okay, it's still a Sion. Okay. I'm going to try to interpret your your notes keeping my luck while i've read this before it was when the book came out okay um so that was first, like a year ago that wasn't that long ago so first uh as dave already mentioned the epigraph is from harmony talking to someone named wander um that's that's all your note says i so, do know that hoid wanders so we know uh shallan she was essentially given the task uh to go to honor spring city from two different people. So Radiant needs to go to Honor Sprint City because that's something they need to do to approach them, um, the, the Honor Sprint, to talk them out for the Team Radiant. But Vale needs to go there to go find the um, Restares. And that was given to her by the Ghostbloods. So. Yeah, Vale is like full on into the whole Ghostbloods thing, huh? Yeah, Vale is a Ghostblood functionally. Shallan likes to pretend that she isn't. And then Radiant wants nothing to do with them. Sounds right. All right. So then Dave already pointed out the, the cryptic names because we get to see some of the other cryptics. So that's cool. Um, They're what, all what... named Pattern. Oh, I was going to ask Craig I mean, to pronounce their names. Oh, you Pattern. can um, edit that part out. And three, two, one, go. Uh, Craig, you want to pronounce all of those cryptic names? Because they're real Pattern. tough. Pattern. Pattern. You're not gonna. He's not gonna edit anything, you guys. Pattern. Future Mike. And pattern. Out. I don't know. I've I've done a couple of things lately to like make make stuff line up when we when we say the same thing that's supposed to be at the same time, but it doesn't really line up in the recording. I don't know if you've caught that. That sounds Discord, like fancy like, editing. That's, that's adjusting for Discord. Like that's pretty cool. Honestly, if you did do that, it probably goes unnoticed and unappreciated. So I'm appreciating it now. Thank you, Mike. It's. It's a little bit of extra work, but I feel like it's worth it for the bit that is only funny to me. So do you have a, a track of yourself plus a track of Discord audio? Is that No, it's it's all one track. I just uh cut and paste so that they're they're now two tracks and they overlap for the timing. Neat. That's Pattern. just getting into some, you know, audio editing stuff that we don't really need to talk about here. So yeah. That might be a future good thing, you editing us, because honestly, you do a lot of work, Mike. We we benefit from all the work that <laughs> you do. That's a future and present and past good thing. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I mean, Dave can really appreciate it since he's going through the old episodes from the beginning. It gets so much better than those old ones, you guys. Oh. Yeah, I'm in a... So if you're listening, please stick with us, because it will get better. Yeah, start... Just... just... Just start the podcast at Well of Ascension. Just what, yeah. not Final Empire? I don't think I was doing but, good editing quite yet. Oh, uh, for editing. But I was like, but I knew it. I, I figured out aluminum in Final Empire, I think. <laughs> Man, uh, Mistborn Era 1 was your best Dave theory, like, by a lot. Yeah. It was, yeah. I, I do have a, a, a theory in regards to the traitor. 
for chapter 20 and 21. So we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll get we'll, there. We'll chat. 21. Okay. Master Lightweaver, Agent Lightweavers, I guess that's talking about Shallan's team? Well, yeah, because they have a different hierarchy than the Windrunners, basically. Right. They, they don't respect authority. And also, the cryptics don't really <laughs> care. They they like they bond immediately. Like uh, someone shows up and is like, "I'm thinking about maybe being," a, and they're bonded. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, you like lying. We like lying. Let's chat. They like lying, but they also like truths, deep truths, deep cut truths. They like patterns. And his unseen court is that Shalon's team's name? Is that what that's? Yeah, called? that's the name. That's the name of Team Radiance Lightweaver Division okay. as a whole. Yeah, because they're all emo theater kids, man. <laughs> All right. So, so no the one team, watches this. <laughs> so the team that's going to be sent to go to Honor Sprint City is Godeki the Edge Dancer, who is not Lift, Zoo the Stone Warden, who's not Tom, and Are you say Stump. Stone Warden? You said yeah, Stone, Stump. That's a... Pan- Pancake Lady Stump. Let's go. And Stump, who is Pancake Lady. Yeah, she, she's yeah. our uh, Truth Watcher. Guys, I miss uh, Edge Dancer, the book. That was a you good could, one. You could read fun. it again. That was a lot of fun. It was like I think on a micro level, it, it got a little tedious and like all of the the lift and like all of the like moment after moment of after moment of her being lift. But like as a whole, like it was a it was a fun little novella. Yeah, right. yeah I agree. Right. So uh Radiant is questioning the the Lightweavers because we are looking for which of them could potentially be working for the Ghost Bloods. Uh, and Radiant settles on, let me read your thing, Ishna, Vatna, Beryl, and Stargile. The <laughs> what did I say? Vatha? You said Vatna. Vatha. That's Vatha. Ishnar, Vecna, Benadryl, <laughs> and Stargazer. <laughs> Stargazer. Dude, that's where Captain Picard got his start. Isn't that where he he uh, got the start, like the Picard maneuver is from when he was on the Stargazer? And I don't mean the shirt thing. I right. mean the... Yes. That question was directed to you. It's definitely not coming to me. Wait, what's the question? I, I so the out. stargazer, the USS stargazer, is the ship where Picard was a helmsman and developed the Picard maneuver. Correct? No, stargazer was his first captaincy. Oh, but, but he didn't have the, the Picard maneuver in that ship. So he, he developed it on that captain. ship, but he wasn't a helmsman. He's taken the helm on the Enterprise once or twice as well. Yeah, once or twice. Tries his hand at the wheel. You know. All right, let me continue. Um. So I think uh, from what I re- remember, uh, Shalana and, and Radiant are trying to like split up her potential issue people. So she doesn't want to bring all of them. Um, but at the last moment, Vale asserts control and decides to inform yeah, Ishna to come along. Like, it's like it's a vote and it's like two to one because sh- Shalana comes to the conclusion. All right, we don't want to take one of the suspicious people. And then Vale's like, we're taking the suspicious people. And she's kind of like yeets them out of consciousness uh and just jumps to the forefront and and takes on uh barrel right or no stargile stargile yeah stargile important later stargile ends up staying back but yeah that's a separate thing right in in 21 there's a little swaparoo but yeah Vale just decides that Vale is in charge yeah so that happens but then that's but a then radi- dangerous present yeah but then okay. radiant Radiance was like, like I changed my vote. We're not we're not fighting because I changed my vote and it's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's that sounds about right. Radiant that's is trying kind to of, keep it's the kind peace. of like how it's kinda of how like Kaladin's like, 
Yeah, I did want to be a surgeon. You're right. Yeah, it's it's all about keeping the peace because formless is scary, yo. I'm um, sorry, who? Who are you talking about? That's that's the uh, I, I don't know who. Never mind. I I've, no, no, form- I I, I changed my formless vote. Is mentioned. No, listen. Formless was mentioned in part one. Formless is the fourth member of the three that no, Shalon Mike and Joe... is making a joke, and I was going on. I think formless isn't funny. This is no laughing matter. <laughs> Continuing on. Uh, so yeah, that happens, and then uh, Vale gets back to the room, and they see a a note from Marie's and some weird, strange cube that was left in a dresser for her to pass messages with. It's and we've a Sion. Remember, a we've never seen that ever <laughs> in any book oh, man. that you've been a part of. I'm sorry, Sion. It's a Sion. Um, yeah, so. I don't know if I got this right. I wrote class one cognitive entity, and I know Vasher has kind of changed the terminology a little bit, but a Sion is basically like a like what a spren is to honor. Yes. Or cultivation, I guess. A Sion yes. is to endowment or devotion. Enrollment. Devotion, devotion. dominion. Yeah. Spe- no, <laughs> specifically enrollment? devotion. Hold on. <laughs> specifically devotion. Dominion has okay. scaze. You mean scars? Those are the slaves. Theons are splinters from, uh, of devotion, and okay, and they are basically spren. Th- yeah, they are so spren. Like, okay. Uh, so what's a skaze? Uh, skaze are evil seons from Dominion. Wait, S K A Z. Is Dominion like the Hraithan version of demotion? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Wait, Dominion. It's a little weird. Devotion. Devotion and Dominion. Devotion is the Elantris one. Dominion is the Fjordal Empire one. Fjordal, yeah. Yep. It's a little bit weird because things are sort of mixed together. So while there is certain separations, and that's probably thanks to Dominion's original influence. Um, so there is that weird separation. It's really because of uh, Dominion, and that that's sort was, of what there, his big deal was. There was a separation of church and state, but the Fjordal Empire said, we don't want this separation. We're going to dominate you. Yeah. And they took almost everyone over until the Elantrians return. And if you want to read about that, you can read Elantris. I just but, spoiled it all. But don't listen to those episodes because the editing's bad. Just just skip straight to... <laughs> I'm listening to them. Just, just skip Wait, straight I to, should... like, um, Well of Ascension. That's that's where I think I start getting okay. I think I got good, like, toward the end of Final Empire. But we, we definitely hit a uh, hit a nice stride in Well of Ascension, for sure. I've been good the whole time. I Agreed. was never good. Tori has been spectacular the whole time. Craig is tr- Craig is at his best when he's mispronouncing things. So like most of the time. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, kudos. I'm I'm sorry. Kudos. Kudos. <laughs> kudos. Kudos. Dude, you're onto something. Yeah, Are they we? look like Kool Aid because they're blue, right? Yeah. Okay. So there's a Seon. Okay. The end. Yeah, there's a Seon, and obviously. If you read Elantris, you know what this is, the thing in the box. And if you're smart like me, you knew what it was while it was still a box and not a thing. Oh, you were asking if it's a type 1 cognitive entity. I can answer Right. That. So that's basically, Vashray thought he was type 1, and he called him in the return to type 1. And then he found out about Sprint, and he's like, you guys deserve to be type 1. I'll be type 2. Right. Yeah, so just as a refresher, what? type 1 is spontaneous sentient biochromatic manifestation in the deceased host. So that was the original return. And type 2 were the mindless manifestations in a deceased host. But he added a new type 1. Uh, he refers to Spren 
as new type one invested entities. Oh, so they would be now. spontaneous, sentient, biochromatic manifestations of investiture. That is type one. We would say biochromatic because he's from. Yeah, I'm bio, sorry. It's, it's bio, investor bio manifestations. Bromiberg. Okay. Um, whatever whatever classification Sprint have, which it sounds like it's type one, it's, it's is type also Seons. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I wonder if Vasher. I wonder if Vasher makes a distinction between sentient Sprint and things like flame Sprint and wind Sprint. Someone should ask him. Maybe it'll come up in this book. Maybe they're types one A and one B. Although I think there's like, like interstate highways. You I got th- it. I think there are like more versions of Spren than he's necessarily aware of that should go into the classifications. It sounds like he needs to talk to Axie's the collector. So there's actually yes, I would freaking love Vosher talking to Axie's the collector. Can we get an interlude of that? No. If <laughs> oh, Vasher be like, no, I'm not doing this, and walk away. Well, he just hates talking to people unless they're talking about. Which so loves talking about. So there are mindless friends that are attracted to natural occurrences. There are mindless friends that are attracted to Im- human emotions. Uh, there are mindful friends who can form radiant bonds. There are uh, enlightened versions of all of these. There's big friends like the uh, Oathgate friends. They're special. I don't know how to classify Gate him. Friend, the unmade, there's, uh, storm there's, father. There's big. There's void. There's void spren, which there's a few different versions of those. There's the unmade, which are like special big spren. There's the storm or storm father, yes, but the uh, blah oath. Oh my god, livers. Yeah, what is Delinar? The thing that Delinar. Bondsmith. Bond Bondsmith. The Bondsmith friend. They're they're extra super special, and like so, all of these deserve a classification. No. The maybe subtypes. They all fall under type one. They are all splinters of shards, so therefore they're all type one. Because they're spontaneous. The fact that they can develop but... spontaneously is what makes them a type one. Alright, so they're splinters, but you, you could also say that, for example, uh the shard from Forest of Hell was splintered. But that does that mean that the splinters are splinters? Or that splintered in that sense? Is that a different use of the word splinter? There should when also I be used... there should also be further um breakdowns of like cognitive shadows and how they get around. Because some get in their own bodies, the returned, some get in other people's bodies. So far just Kelsier, I think. Um Are the returned bodies really theirs though? I mean, come on. Do you think everybody looks like Ryan They might Reynolds? be. It depends on how endowment works. I mean, they look different from what we've been told, but of course they're also changing their appearance, appearance as well based on how they think. So uh, I think what Mike is saying, though, is that we need to throw out this type 1, type 2, whatever business, and Vasher needs to come up with a better classification for all these different things. I've heard enough one of your Vasher bashing. No, he just needs to do work. I'm not. I'm not bashing. He he knew as much as he knew at the time, and that's fine. It's just it's time to throw out the old model and put in a new one. Time to throw out the old model and put in a new one. GG to put out the old model and put in a new one. And then there's cognitive shadows that aren't attached to bodies that walk around in the woods and get mad if you bleed or make a fire. Yeah, but if you have silver, that's uh, alimentically inert, and it stops the shadows of self. That's a different book. 
Dang it. Why? Shadow Why is that a different book? Why didn't he change the name? <laughs> Why is there shadows? It's not even like the shadows and shadows of self like even had anything to do with it. Why is, is Shadows of Self the one where Bleeder turns out to be Bleeder? Yeah. Or is that Yeah. Right, Bands of Morning was the, the third one. Bands of um, Morning was half of Nothing Matters and then half of Indiana it's Jones. It's freaking Bands of Morning, dude. Bands of Morning was like a Saturday morning cartoon. That's why I forget it. All right, let's let's move Bands on to of Saturday morning. We have cartoon. a whole chapter still to do, guys. Come right. on, let's go. We've only been at it for let's see. After Mike parses this, dude, down. I got spoiler what? time stuff. Mike's gonna All love right, this. Get going. All right, Can I think chapter I know. Twenty-one. I think I know a little bit of what Craig is going to talk about for spoiler time, and I'm I am excited for it. No, I don't think you know what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> I don't I'm think you I'm sorry. All right. And here we come to chapter 21, a seething knot uh, epigraph. How does Hoyd hide from shards so well? What if this letter is actually written to Mrazy or Chris? Okay. So the Hoyd, Wanderer, is Ho- he referred to as the Wanderer before? I don't know, but you know who it is. It's likely Hoyd, but I'm not saying that it's... I'm not going to make any assumptions. You should here definitely we- make some assumptions here. All right, it's written to Hoyd. Okay. I don't think Hoyt is actually trying to, like, hide on Scadriel. I think Seiza just had no idea to look for him, and so he wasn't. Yeah, that's true. Saying is someone should have told him in the first place. All the other letters to Hoyt are like, Hoyt, get off my planet. And Seiza is like, Hoyt, I didn't know you were on my planet. He's got to notice if someone travels through the cognitive realm and and comes out. Did we figure out if if Harmony Harmony have two perpendicularities or just one? Did we figure that out? He is one shard. He is holding one shard. Despite what Seizen might say, he is holding one shard. So he should only have one perpendicular. There are 15 shards now. There's currently 15 shards. Or 14 plus a million splinters. Shadows, yeah. yeah. Okay. In Hoyd's defense of, of hiding from a shard without actually trying to hide from a shard... He's almost certainly burning copper like most of the time. Is he a copper savant? No, he's he he just burns stuff because he ate a Laracian bead and he's a misborn. I wonder what a copper savant would be like. But that's a that's a day theory for another time. All right, so it's probably. Uh, but you should know that this is Hoy because we have seen his letter in the past. We were talking about before how uh, Hoy wrote a letter to to Sazed in one of the previous books. I forget which one. Probably one of the Stormlight books. All right, chapter 21. A seething knot. Did the whole uh, epigraph thing. All right. Only Adolin would compare dueling with fashion. It's got to be Shallan because of the red hair. It's like in cartoons, you know, the evil twin because they're wearing a hat or something. No, it's because Why? they have a goatee. Come on. <laughs> That's only Star Trek and South Park because they were mimicking Star Trek. All right. Why is Patron saying goodbye to Wit? Is Wit a ghost blood? No way. Adolin decides to cosplay as Adolin and goes to the sixth floor. So in the first scene of chapter 21 or whatever, Adolin is getting ready. He's taking some time to pick out a jacket for the big day of when they are going in the Shadesmar. He and... very, he very nearly dresses up as the man in the big yellow hat from Curious George. <laughs> yeah, he's got this banana jacket, uh, and he's got like the traditional colon. And then he's like, "Give me an hour to figure out what jacket to wear." And Shalon's like, or he's like, "Give me fifteen minutes." And Shalon is like, "I'll give you an hour." 
And then he decides to pick out this like kind of colon jacket that he designed himself, but it's a little bit off and Dallin or didn't like it four years ago. And, and Dal- yeah. Yep. Yeah. He, ac- he actually did did pick out the jacket within 15 minutes. So he takes the full hour and he takes his extra time and he goes up to the sixth floor. And who do we know on the sixth floor? I guess we'll have to read the next scene to find out. Oh, I bet I know who it is. I bet it's. I bet it's. I bet it's. Um. Um. um, um, um I bet it's. Who is it? Who, who could it be? <gasps> Navani. Maybe we'll have to find out in next week's chapters. <laughs> no. So he thinks that this is Shalon. He immediately hones in on the red hair and says, like, "Okay, red hair. This is Shalon. This is my wife. This is like this is the persona that's in charge right now." But Vale, whoa, whoa, Vale, kind of, Tull. kind no. of pushed herself to the front in the previous chapter, and was even trying to trick Pattern into thinking that she was Shalon in the front. So, so here's the thing, and Shalon has pointed this out from her perspective. That's how we know this. Adolin is scary good at knowing when it's actually Shalon at the forefront. Like there's, there's something he just picks up on maybe because he's just so empathetic by nature. Um, but he knows when it's Shalon and it's not just because of the red hair. That's true. It's not just the red hair. He also kind of detects from her mannerisms, but it also seems like from chapter 20 that Vale is trying extra hard to, try to convince other people that she's Shalon. So I'm going to I'm going to be alert on this. All right. So, yeah, he's it is like, interesting oh, to see what other time. people think of Shalon, because we've been seeing a lot of Shalon perspective chapters. Hmm. And, and it's it's different when it's actually someone else. But this it is, is noted in chapter 20 that Vale is also trying to fool pattern and pattern sees right through her. This is going to be so cool when this gets made into a movie or a show or something, getting to watch an actress get to be three people. I want a really good actress yeah. for Shalon. They, she needs to pull it off. Whoever they cast, it's too bad Jeanette McCurdy quit acting, and for good reason. But anyway, that's completely different story. Uh, so, what do you guys think of the first scene of uh, Chapter Twenty One? There, listen, I could read a book about Adolin picking out outfits. Like, I could just read that. <laughs> I love <laughs> the fact that he compares it to dueling. He's so single-minded, unlike Solfrena and Kaladin. All right, I guess that's my cue to continue. Okay, so obviously the person on the sixth floor that he wants to see before going on to his mission is Kaladin. Uh, All right, next scene. Bright Lord, Master High Marshal, single face. Zahel's coin. SF can't think like Adolin. After all, he only has light brain and dark brain, not fashion dueling brain. Maybe this is why Adolin seems kind of dumb, because he only has one brain. And that's that scene. It it sure is. So Are you giving him another name? Is, right is that what's happening? Master High Marshal Single Face? No, Adolin gave him that name. Did you not read the chapters this week? <laughs> so uh, uh. Adolin reminds Kaladin that now that Adolin himself is married and has been for an entire year and how did they not have this conversation at some time in that in that span, that he is the single most extremely single man on the planet. Wait. I can tell you how they haven't had this. They've been fighting for like the past year. That is how there's been no talk about, you know, relationship prospects or anything. I mean, sure, he had that whole relationship with with Lynn that was off screen. But 
Now's the time where he's going to actually interact with civilians, and it's different. And what you really mean to say is they were off-screen, so they didn't speak. Yes, that also. Um, yes. So yeah, apparently Kaladin has been seeing a lot of light-eyed women with headaches. There is there is just an epidemic of headaches. I'm surprised Liren didn't assume there was like a plague happening. Like L- Liren might know. He he might be realizing and be like, yeah, I'm okay. Hasina if... knows. Oh, Hasina absolutely, absolutely knows. knows. I'm thinking Yeah, because she's running the front desk, so she's the one that's telling them which room to go to. Go she's to like, Kaladin, oh, that one. that's the pretty one, so she's going to go to Kaladin. <laughs> that's that's real good. Um, but I, she's, I, So she's, like, <laughs> filtering Kaladin's prospects for him? I could definitely see them, like, sitting down to dinner at the end of a, of a long day, and Kaladin could be like, I had the weirdest day. I saw nothing but beautiful, light-eyed women with horrible headaches. What what is going on? And Liren Liren like focuses in like, well, what what communicable disease has headaches as a primary symptom? Oh no, we're all gonna yeah, die! How ah. is it spreading only in the light eyed community? And then Hasina's like, so what did you think about the fourth one? I thought she was the best, huh? Uh, but yeah, that's I can. Uh, oh oh, the chaos from that. Why wasn't that a scene? Why wasn't that anyway, a scene in this book? The chaos it, from that would have would have yeah. been... like my my book will already like form a crater in the ground if I drop it too hard. So like I don't know why <laughs> you want to add extra scenes because this is on par with the hotel scene from Bands of Morning, man. <laughs> he would, yeah. Hey, that book wasn't as long as this one. It could it could use some padding. It's fine. I mean, the Mistborn books were at least the uh, the Phase Two Mistborn books were a little more lighthearted than Stormlight. Anyway, Adolin knows what's up, and he says this. Oh, and he also yeah. he also like makes it a point to have a conversation with Sofrena because she's also there. How did I miss that? I don't know, but he did. Like he has a conversation with Kaladin, and also a conversation with Sofrena. She's pretty great. You you might not you might not have noticed this by now, but she's pretty great. Well, Adolin right. noticed. <laughs> so there's also this coin, which I assume is from. Gosh dang it. Endowment, Breath, Warbreaker, Nalthus? don't tell me. Nalthus with an N, not M. Or no, it is Malthus. Is it Malthus or Nalthus? An N. However All I'm right. pr- pronouncing it, it's with an N. N right. as in Nancy. Not M N as, as in Nancy. <laughs> Nancy, Nalthus. N as it. in Gnomish, only without the G. Gnalthus. <laughs> right. N as in homing um, missile. Gosh, did anything important happen in this scene? <laughs> I mean, like, good stuff happened. But, it's character uh, building. Look at all the yeah, character building you're just like, glossing over, Zahel's coin, it seems kind of like... The, it seems like the kind of thing that would be Dave, on Malthus, right? It's not in, always uh, about the cosmic. In Howland's Rim. Stop focusing on the cosmic. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, Adolin also... <laughs> Like tries to convince Kaladin when he get when he gets back from his trip that they should uh, they should do some du- some dueling so that maybe Kaladin yeah. could see fighting as as a positive non destructive thing that he enjoys doing. They should hang out. They should totally cool hang idea. out. They need to hang out. I think they should date. I mean, Adolin's married, and Shalon's probably into it. Man, come on, calm down. <laughs> but Adolin's Adolin's probably straight. Yeah, you don't know that for sure. Uh, I said probably. Vale's definitely into it. Yeah. And I think um, Radiant is... There's no way. Just no. Doesn't Mm-mm. care? No, she, she'll protest. I think she'll protest more than Shalon does, honestly. 
Yeah, maybe because Radiant is more about oaths, so she might be like, "Oh, you had an oath." All right, can we move on to the final scene at the two? You were can asking we if there's more to talk about. This is your fault. Well, I don't know. What do you have to say about Zahil's coin? I don't know. Probably nothing. All right, next scene. I I don't recognize it from Nalthus, from like anything from Warbreaker. I don't remember anything even sort of like that from Warbreaker. They even have coins. They had money. They had money, but we don't Their know money if they had was coins. Breast. All right, next scene. I, I do think it's kind of funny that Kaladin, where is it, Edelin is like, huh, they have coins? Why don't they have spheres? Hey, blah, 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 blah. Okay. If everyone had clocks, like this is the next scene, by the way, if you're not catching on. If everyone had clocks, people wouldn't be late for dinner. Empirically false, Edelin, my boy. In real life, people, everybody has a clock in their pocket. I call them clockets. Some people call them cell phones. Some people call them mobile phones, but I call them clockets. Uh, and they're still late for dinner. I know this because I used to wait tables and people wouldn't show up at the same time. I was going to say clocks, having clocks everywhere sort of makes it so you're definitely never on time. <laughs> oh, I have five more minutes. I can wait. Uh, uh, Barrel replaces Stargile. So we know now the traitor is who? Naturally. The name of the traitor is naturally? I don't know. Third base. <laughs> so obviously the traitor is Stargile because he has Guile in his name and this is Dickens. Also his theme goes with everything which makes him the perfect spy. Yes. Yes. If you didn't get that reference, I'm sorry, I'm not explaining it. It's great. I think I heard Dory hiss for a second or Tori. Might have done. Those are completely different people, Dave. Come on. They are completely different people. I don't know anyone named Dory that's in this podcast. I don't All right. know that Dory listens to the podcast. I'm trying to get her to read the books, but we'll see. She'll want to start with Elantris, and I'll try to convince her to start with Final Empire. But All right. Um, so, yeah, Stargirl's the, the traitor. Because think of it this way. All right, listen, here's my logic. I wrote kind of the joke answer. It's like, aha, Guile, right? Because he's he's sneaky. But listen to this. So Shalon, or Vale, rather, wants the traitor to be on the mission with them. So so she's trying to get the traitor to be on the mission with them. But what does the traitor think? Does the traitor want to be on the mission with them? Or does the traitor want to stay home and spread discontent among the uh, Unseen Quarters? I think that Stargile is the traitor and made an excuse about his wife being sick. Or uh, who knows? Maybe he actually poisoned his wife so that he could stay home. Stargile wants to stay home because he is the spy, not because he's not the spy. Uh, but what if Beryl is responsible for Stargile's wife being sick so that he had to stay so that she could That mm, That's the story that Brandon's going to feed us, but I'm not going to believe it. What if it's Vatha? Nah, if anything, it's Ishna or Vale herself. But uh, Stargile's looking pretty good right now. All right, the so fact my... that you immediately discounted Vatha tells me that you're not taking this series. <laughs> Dude, Vath is like Vath is like level level two, all right. Shalon's at least level three. Um, I don't maybe it's Vath, but um, Stargile is my my current guess. I'm also not completely discounting Vale. Like Vale, Vale is the dedicated ghost blood of the three. Did Vale actually kill um Ily? I don't I don't know. Hey guys, Stargile is a cameo for Steve Argyle, who's the artist who did the illustrations for each of the Order of the Knights in the Wave King's Leatherbound, which are really well done. So that's and cool. 
And we know no, that it wasn't. Hmm. We know that artists are not to be trusted. So Stargile becomes <laughs> a better a better pick because of this. Wait, are you saying you don't trust Shalon? How could you? How could what's, I trust Shalon? I can't. What's what's not the trust, man? I, I don't know if I can th- keep thinking that Stargirl is the spy now that I know that he's not named after the Street Fighter character. M. Bison. Named after the Street Fighter <laughs> character, M. Bison. <laughs> oh, baby. Oh, my gosh. All right. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm going with Stargirl for now. We'll see how it goes. All right. Uh, Gallant. Gallant should have been packed already. Sounds suspicious. Wait a second. Did Adolin take an hour to pick out a jacket in order to impress his horse? Yeah, that's an Adolin thing to do. I'm going somewhere with that, but yeah, that's... As I read it, that's what I wrote. Remember, I write these bullet points in real time as I'm reading. I put absolutely no planning or forethought into them. Okay. Wait, is it actually written that that's what he did? That's what I thought at the time of reading it, as he's meeting Gallant. Oh, I love this next bullet point, you guys. (laughs) Buckle up. This is going to be a ride. (laughs) Buckler up, you mean. All right. So, this longsword has a higher crit range, but the axe does times three damage on a crit, which I might need in case we fight a lycanthrope with high damage resistance. I need the warhammer for sunder damage and a rapier for piercing damage. You think I'm going to use slashing damage against plate? What are you, nuts? The short sword does the least damage overall, but it has ghost touch, which might come in handy on the ethereal plane. I also like the lance for mounted combat, because it does double damage on a charge. I don't have the exotic weapon proficiency for this state of Lingatet, but you gotta admit, it looks cool. Also, I brought a bastard sword. I spent a feat so I could use it one-handed, so it feels like a waste not to bring it. Plus, I just like saying bastard sword. But we're playing Connect 4! <laughs> 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 and uh i think it's apparent from this scene that godeki never played breath of the wild or my other theory is maybe he did play breath of the wild but he never collected enough korok seeds to expand his weapon inventory take all of the weapons all of the time <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh you guys you guys so one of my little baby employees just started playing Breath of the Wild because he just got his first Switch and because I lent him my copy of the game. And so I keep coaching him through. He's never played a Zelda game before ever. And so... Interesting one to start with. Wow. And so I'm like coaching him along. He's like, everything one shots me. I'm like, are you sneaking past the things? He's, no. Have you found better armor? No. <laughs> And so keep guiding him along. And, and so he's like, oh, yeah, I finally uh, I made it to the place and I beat the divine beasts. And I and 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 I found my first Korok seed. And I'm like, wait, wait what? <laughs> How did you get off no. the Great Plateau without finding 50 of them? <laughs> oh, my God. And he was like, yeah, I don't know what happened. I dropped down into this valley and there it was. And I was like, they are under every rock. <laughs> almost a thousand of these things. He's like, no. up rocks. I'm like, why not? Oh. <laughs> well, he doesn't pick up rocks because he never played a Zelda game before. Okay, I have to bring this up. Uh, Dave has an ongoing un- incentive on his stream at Twitch.tv/crossproduct, where if you donate or if you give him bits, uh, which is Twitch's Twitch um, bucks. yeah, it's Twitch, Twitch bucks, bucks, basically, but it also means I get real, real U.S. dollars for them. Yes. Uh, he has had an incentive up for several years now. I'm pretty sure I'm the only one who's been donating to it whenever I do uh, a uh, 
gosh, what are those things? They ask you questions. You fill them out. Survey? Survey. Survey. Whenever I do a survey and they give me bits for it, I throw them at Dave because I want him to meet this incentive. And he will sometime in the next 10 years based on the rate at which I get bits. Uh, but the incentive is for him to play through Breath of the Wild and find every Koroxy. And as I just said, there are nearly a thousand of them. So Also, I have to point out, um, it is adorable that that uh, Tori just called him her baby employee. Yeah, because he's like 19 years old. Oh, what a baby. He's such a baby. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, he was like, and I found a Korok seed, and I was finally able how, to expand my inventory. <laughs> Zelda? I don't understand how someone goes through I life and doesn't know. play Zelda. I have no idea. All right, next bullet point. But we're playing Connect Four. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's a great reference to a Homestar cartoon that I don't remember which one it was. All right, um, Kodeki. All right. Uh, also, Zoo seems cool. Speaking of Dickensian names, wait a second. Did Adolin take an hour to pick out a jacket in order to impress his sword? Yep, that's an Adolin thing to do. Tashikiki, Truth Watcher, Arshikakam. They had to rename her stump because Arsh sounds like Ash, and we have too many Ashes already. And she oh, keeps but, falling but... from the sky. Ah, we're okay with more shards. <laughs> we're okay with more shards everywhere, but no, only one Ash. Well, two Ashes. We have two Ashes. There are more than that. In the books. You think Adolin's trying to make his sword jealous by bringing all those other swords around? Oh, man. Alright, so I posted this in Discord, but I had this, like, really vivid image of Maya when he first went to the cognitive realm. He's like, oh, like floating girl dress, scratched out eyes. And like, I had this like really stark like thing that I was picturing her as. And it took me a while to realize it, but um, it actually turned out to be the Banshee character from Dicey Dungeons, the aforementioned roguelike game that uh, I, I said in my good thing today. And gosh, that was like two hours ago. Um, but yeah. So imagine the Banshee. I posted it in Discord. Twitch.tv slash Patreon.com slash YouTube slash whatever. And It's uh, .net. It's .com. Alright. Stump fell from the sky. Alright. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Baby Yasna borrowed the map from Wit. Obsidian is mined in Shadesmar. So it's like the Nether. I would have thought Damnation was the Nether. No, Damnation the is the and stuff. You can, f- you can find oh, yeah. obsidian everywhere, not just in the nether. Well, yeah, it's anytime um, still lava interflects with Wait, flowing I don't water. think you can get obsidian in the nether now I think about it, because you can't get water in there. What? I thought it was all... Oh. Well, water instantly evaporates in oh. the nether. Oh. All right, but so you build a portal in the material realm, and it creates a portal in the nether, and then you can mine that obsidian. And I think you can mine the corners of the portal... And those are like extra blocks that are created. Those are freebies. <laughs> oh, man. Did we ever talk about Minecraft on this podcast? I feel like this is the first time we've talked about Minecraft on this podcast. I probably mentioned it as one of my good things. I don't the play packs. Minecraft, so me. I don't play it anymore because it became a Microsoft. What I don't want to get into that. But for some reason, I'm locked out of my Minecraft account. And I'm just like. I guess oh. I'll never play Minecraft. No, again. you can you can fix that. I, I have to fix right, Minecraft. We'll talk though. about that later. Gosh dang it, we gotta finish chapter twenty one. I I'm think sorry. I think Tori's the only one uh. of us who still has a leg to stand on to complain about how long we're taking. Why? 
Because she talks because, less. Because you haven't been making us take forever. I no, I think that's her saying. Oh, that. yeah. Is it why are we taking so long? Why? <laughs> no, I was like, why do I still have the right to complain? Is it because I haven't complained yet? I don't want to waste that. You only took us on the Breath of the Wild library person tangent, so that's it. Oh yeah, and we'd already Ooh. been recording for two hours by then, so that's not my fault. <laughs> All right. Um. Which is the leg, I think, that Mike was referring to. Adolin treats his tools like people, but Yasna treats her people like tools. Think about this. Oh, snap. Right? Oh, Adolin talks to his sword. He talks to his horse. He talks to his clothes, probably. And Yasna treats her people like their tools. Hmm. That is some cutting and insightful commentary, Dave. Adolin is nervous to go back to Shadesmar. Dalinar's speech. Dalinar compliments Adolin. Wait a second. Did Adolin take an hour to pick out his jacket in order to impress his father? Well, in the seething knot. He spent an hour picking out a jacket to pick a fight with his father that Dalinar like didn't work. He complimented him. He specifically did not spend an hour picking out that jacket. No, (laughs) Adolin has clearly been like seething about this on and off for four entire years. And Dalinar forgot about it the second the conversation was over. <laughs> Adolin remembered. <laughs> Dalinar's like, nice jacket. And Adolin's like, well, well, four years ago, you didn't think so. <laughs> I remember that now. Uh, but yeah, Adolin um, kind of sour about the fact that uh, his dad killed his mom. Gosh, I, I can't even imagine why. So this conversation between Dalinar and Adolin, it's one of those like father-son moments where like they're both kind of right. So like Dalinar is saying, you know, like I don't want you to be like Taravangian, and Adolin's like, well, I can I can be Adolin. I don't have to be Dalinar. I don't have to be Taravangian. I can be Adolin. Adolvangian. At the same time, Dalinar his has been young and he understands Adolin and his emotions and he understands his desire for the fight and things. So it's like, it's kind of like a father knows best situation, but at the same time, Dalinar is being a little bit pushy on Adolin becoming a radiant. And so that's not right. So like they're both, they're both partially right. I feel like in this little row. Okay. So Dalinar wants Adolin to be a better man than he is, which Easy task. Given given what we know of Dalinar's backstory, pretty low bar. Uh, (laughs) The thing is, he's no longer acknowledging that that's already the case and has been for Adolin's entire life. Oof, yeah. Like, he did acknowledge that back in book one or two. I I distinctly remember that. Mm. But, like, he's not acknowledging it here to Adolin's face. And, yeah, I I can see why Adolin is sour about a lot of stuff here. I mean, his dad did kill his mom. And he forgives him, but it's unforgivable. I think we're the exact words of the text. Yeah, more or less. But, like, the the things that have built up to get us to this place, um, I, I think we need to, like, take a moment, consider, remember stuff, and, and, like, apply it to here. Because, yeah, as you say, they both have valid points. I'm still leaning toward my very good himbo boy. I, yeah, I don't want to... I don't want to discount Dalinar's wisdom and the fact that Dalinar was young once and he knows what it's like to feel like he's right all the time. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm not going to give it completely to Adolin. I'll give it maybe like 60 Adolin, 50 Dalinar. 
uh, 70 Teravangian and 20 Odium and 300,000 Sulfrena. That made no sense, guys. I'm tired. Yeah, let's let's keep going so we can finish. <laughs> I think I said what I need to say. Uh, yeah, we could just finish. I mean, do you not have more bullet points? Was that it? No, that's it. The seething knot. That's the the title of it. That next thing was a future joke. Don't read it. Okay. But hey, if you're a patron, you could have read that. I, I have a quick thing I do want to talk about in spoiler time. Very quick. Very quick. I unfortunately also have a spoiler time thing I want to talk about that may or may not be <laughs> no. Oh, Mike, no! Mike's the Craig. All right. Um, I guess I'll leave you to it. All right. Have a good night, everybody. All right. Bye, bye. Dave. Hi, Dave. Dave's gone. Play the thing. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. All right, Craig, do your thing. Okay, so uh, a couple things real quick. One, I was thinking about Unmade, and I just sort of realized Unmade... The, the terminology and what they're doing is they're actually, I think, changing the connection from whatever shard the sprint happens to be of. So if it's like an honor, if, if it's one of the splinters of honor, and it's changing it to be one of Odium in, instead, which is why they're unmade. They're unmaking the connection to create a different connection. And Wait. Odium did this, and he used the uh, he used the honor blades sprint to do it. Yeah. We're all on the same page here. <laughs> okay, Mike at a lecture. Secondly, um, I was reading this thing about Sions, and I guess this is a word of Brandon. Like Spren, Sions can turn into shard blades if they have something to pull more into the physical realm. So they sort of exist both in the physical and cognitive. They actually look the same uh, in the cognitive realm that they do in the physical. They don't have like a difference that we see Spren. Uh, but they can be made into shard blades. Isn't Neat. that cool? That uh, is pretty cool. All right. That's all I had. Then my thing is uh, Radiant is the traitor, and she's yes. acting real suspicious in these Shallan chapters. She's, like, trying to guess at who the traitor might be. Like, when it, whenever, She's like, Shallan... And, it. She's so bad. Whenever Shallan and Vale are talking about, like, well, this, this person might be the traitor, and Radiant's all like, are you guys sure? Because I don't really see it. You know, they're a traitor. Uh, maybe you should look somewhere else for the traitor. But uh, hey, what if we let the traitor stay home? <laughs> She's so, and then just like, so do you think her changing her vote was just to keep everything sort of calm? Or is that just because, again, she's bad at all of this? Yes, to both. <laughs> no, But no, you have a really good point. Radiant was designed to be very proper. Um, she she's closer to ideals of honor and and that sort of thing rather than being sneaky sneaky like light weavers. So yeah, I, that that's pretty funny. Dave doesn't think Dave is totally on board with the someone else theory. It is not Shalon or any of her identities. I I tried pushing him toward it a little bit of like suspect who you shouldn't suspect. Like if you're anybody who you're not suspecting at all is who you should be suspecting. I just used Vatha as a use case for that. I was hoping he'd open himself up a little more, but nope. I think it went over his head. He, he's totally on board with the Stargile, which I think the the book lets you think for a couple chapters at least. Y you figure he would have learned this from the whole um, 
what's it called? Find the Condra. Condra. Yeah, yeah, but, well, Doxandra, that's that's the one. Like it was the same thing where it's like it's not who you expect at all. It's coming from inside the house. It's totally the same thing. Do you think he went back and reread the assassination of Eli to see if the clues were there now that probably, he's been told to look for them? Probably not. Because that wouldn't have helped him at all, but it would have been really funny if he did. There's one subtle thing which I pointed out when we did the recording, uh, which is that Radiant took over for a brief moment, and that is when the poisoning happened. Yeah, but unless you like know what that means in terms of yeah. like what, what's going on with Radiant, like that's nothing. That's... It, 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 the point is, it's in the book. It's pretty neat on a reread to see it, but yeah, there's there's not a lot to go on. So, is that what did you think I was going to talk about? I thought you were going to talk about Radiant acting all suspicious and out of character because it's really funny. See, I would have if I read the chapters this week. I have so much to to cut catch up on. Oh yeah, uh, this has nothing. We should. I'm going to bring this in and leave it in the episode, but it doesn't need to be in the episode. How are you doing on Cradle? I'm. A quarter of the way through book 11, which is okay. as of this recording. Let's let's finish this and go See? to bed. There's okay. Tori. She's pulling it. She's All right. It. Episode's over. Bye, everybody. Good night, Internet. Bye. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening.